No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see where King Asa reigns in Judah. He makes many spiritual reforms and then is attacked by an Ethiopian army of one million men. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Chronicles chapter 14 on Simply the Bible. Consider your situation today, the challenges you face, the needs you have, the things you must do. How much do you really believe God can help? Do you believe God can change your circumstances for the better? Do you believe God can change you? God honors the prayer of faith, but many times we must first become desperate before we pray it. But desperate prayer gets results. Today we look at such a desperate prayer that teaches us a very valuable lesson. We continue today in 2 Chronicles chapter 14. So Abijah rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. Then Asa, his son, reigned in his place. In his days, the land was quiet for ten years. Abijah only reigned in Judah for three years. According to 1 Kings 15.3, he was not a good king. But when King Jeroboam from Israel came against him, Abijah cried out to the Lord, and the Lord gave Abijah and Judah a great victory. Because of this, the nation of Judah enjoyed peace. Now, when Abijah's son Asa took the throne, the land was quiet for ten years. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God, for he removed the altars of the foreign gods and the high places, and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandment. He also removed the high places and the incense altars from all the cities of Judah, and the kingdom was quiet under him. Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, was the first king of Judah in the divided kingdom. Asa was Rehoboam's grandson, and he was considered the first good king of Judah. Of the 20 kings of Judah, only eight would be classified as good. He would also bring a spiritual revival to the land. Now, on the other hand, the northern kingdom of Israel had no good kings and no spiritual revival. During this time of peace and quiet in Judah, Asa went to work on destroying the idolatrous altars, pillars, and images. These were altars to pagan deities, such as Ashura, the Canaanite mother goddess. Asa destroyed their altars in the high places where the people worshipped these false gods, which the Lord considered to be spiritual adultery. Asa also broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images, many of which were pornographic. God had commanded his people not to make any graven image and to bow down to it, but they had ignored the Lord's commands. Asa went the next step and commanded the people of Judah to seek the Lord and keep his commandments. 
They should have been doing this already, for they were a theocracy, one nation under God. But they had turned from the pure worship of the Lord to embrace their idols. They had forsaken God's laws to go their own way. Sound familiar? There is no peace for the wicked. But the nation that seeks the Lord and keeps his commandments is blessed. Now, because Asa led the way in making spiritual reforms, Judah enjoyed peace and quiet in the kingdom. This is the power of a godly leader. That is why we are commanded in 1 Timothy 2 to pray for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. How we need good leaders. Verse 6, And he built fortified cities in Judah, for the land had rest. He had no war in those years, because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said to Judah, Let us build these cities and make walls around them, and towers, gates, and bars, while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him, and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. Because the nation was at rest, they didn't have to go to war. They didn't have to spend all their time and resources on the war machine. So they were able to build up and fortify their cities. We are told in Romans 12, 8, that the one who leads must lead with diligence. That means in times of peace and prosperity, we don't kick back, but we kick into gear and build things up that we can build up. The day of warfare is surely coming. We must use the days of peace and prosperity and rest to prepare for it. When the enemy attacks, we want to be ready. We learn a lesson in prosperity from King Asa. Seek the Lord first. Get rid of your idols. Obey God's commandments. And then give yourself diligently to the work of the Lord. Build up your own spiritual inner life and your ministry to others. Then not only will you prosper spiritually, but you'll be ready for the enemy when he comes. Verse 8, And Asa had an army of 300,000 from Judah who carried shields and spears, and from Benjamin, 280,000 men who carried shields and drew bows. All these were mighty men of valor. Then Zerah, the Ethiopian, came out against them with an army of a million men and 300 chariots, and he came to Marisha. So Asa went out against him, and they set the troops in battle array in the valley of Zephatha at Marisha. Now King Asa and Judah were outnumbered by the Ethiopians almost two to one, and the Ethiopian army had 300 chariots. Judah had no chariots. The chariot was considered to be like the tank in those days. So if you were facing such a mighty army with such odds, what would you do? Would you run away? Would you try to hire some other nation to go to battle against the Ethiopians with you? Well, let's see what King Asa did. King Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, 
For we rest on you, and in your name we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. This is one of those golden nuggets in the Old Testament because we see just what to do in a desperate situation. King Asa is such a great model of praying to the Lord and relying on the Lord and seeing God come through for him as a result. So we first see that King Asa had great confidence in the Lord's omnipotence. He said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. We're wondering if he remembered when Jonathan went with his armor bearer against the Philistines and said to him, hey, it's nothing for the Lord to deliver, whether by many or by few. You see, the thing is, is that because of God's omnipotence, it doesn't really matter what the odds are from a human standpoint. If God is for you, who can be against you? And so he said, look, there's no one like you, Lord, who can help those who have no power. So he understood that they had no power comparatively against these Ethiopians. And I think that that's a very important realization to come to. Listen, we have no power when it comes to standing against the forces of hell, the forces of darkness. We can't stand against them in our own strength, but God is more than sufficient to beat all of the powers of darkness. Then secondly, Asa had assurance of his relationship with God. They had been seeking the Lord. They had been seeking to keep the commandments of God and they had gotten rid of the idols. And so he could have total assurance in his relationship with God when he cried out to the Lord and he said, Lord, our God, we rest on you and in your name we go against this multitude. Oh Lord, you are our God. And can you say that? Can you say with great assurance that the Lord is your God, that you're resting in him, that you're trusting in him with all of your heart? And then the third thing was he said, Lord, do not let man prevail against you. I love this. You see, it's not about getting God on our side. It's about us serving the Lord, putting him first, keeping his commands, and then knowing that we're on his side. So he could say with confidence, this army is coming against you, Lord. We're just doing your will here. So don't let man prevail against you. Do you have that confidence that you're doing the will of God? And you can say, Lord, don't let the enemy prevail against you. Uh, We are with you. You are our God. We're doing your will. We should be able to say that. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people who were with him pursued them to Gerar. So the Ethiopians were overthrown, and they could not recover, for they were broken before the Lord and his army. And they carried away very much spoil. Then they defeated all the cities around Gerar, For the fear of the Lord came upon them and they plundered all the cities for there was exceedingly much spoil in them. They also attacked the livestock enclosures and carried off sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. So in response to King Asa's desperate prayer, the Lord struck the Ethiopians and they fled. And then Judah used this as an opportunity to clean house. 
they carried away much spoil and became even more prosperous as a result of the Ethiopian attack. Now, this is just the way it has worked historically for Israel, even to the modern day, when the enemies of Israel come against Israel, not only does Israel uh, often defeat them, but ends up gaining more land as a result. And why is that? It can only be because God is with them. But let me just say that if you're facing a great resistance, a great challenge, as King Asa did, you're not going to know the great reward unless you face the great challenge with great faith. And that's the idea, is that we take that challenge before the Lord. We believe that God is omnipotent and he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think. And as we do that, then we see God work on our behalf. And that's the way we meet the challenges in the Lord. Let's just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are omnipotent. And even though the challenges we face may be far beyond us, far beyond our pay grade, Lord, far more than we could ever handle, we know that, Lord, as we trust in you, as we keep your commandments, as we seek you first, Lord, that we're on your side, Lord. And so we ask that you would go before us and give us grace, give us strength, give us wisdom in the challenges we face that you might be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at daryl at calvarytv.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L at calvarytv.org. Tomorrow, we will see where Oded, the prophet, encourages Asa to remain with the Lord. Therefore, Asa does more reforms and renews the covenant with God. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Chronicles, on Simply the Bible.